In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey.
Welcome back to So Bad It's Good. This is Ryan, and this is your Wednesday episode. If you are listening to this, you have made it halfway through the week. Uh, that is no small feat, folks. These weeks, I don't know if you've you've been a part of them thus far. They, they can be tough. And, and today was a tough day. Today, this has been a tough week for some of us. It seems like we're all kind of bruised up and battered in some way or another. Um, I seem like I know so many people... Or their family members that are that are not feeling well right now. And I just want to send a, a, a big shout out to all of those people at the beginning of the show. We are, uh, I mean, I am so lucky to have, I guess, if you call this health, I am lucky to have my health right now when a lot of uh, friends and family don't. And I just want to give a shout out to all you guys fighting the good fight. Uh, listen, I am there with you in spirit. Uh, I'm just going to start the show with a big shout out to my mom and, uh, I've tried to remain somewhat quiet over the last couple of weeks about what's going on with her, but I will be back in Arizona. I'm in LA right now. I'll be back in Arizona on Thursday and, um, I'm really looking forward to being there, but she, you know, she started her, uh, her fight. Well, this part of the fight with her battle with cancer. And, uh, you know, she, she was not feeling well today and she had to go to the hospital and, and that was very alarming. And it also doubly sucked because it had been raining in Arizona, uh, sorry, raining in California. I don't know if you guys have heard about the rain. It's, uh, it was felt like it was raining for the last billion hours or like 36 hours or something. But, uh, the power went out here at like 6am. And so I met like I'm in the Hills and I missed the call uh, telling me about this. So it was really alarming to start getting like messages in and, uh, and luckily she's spoiler alert. She's, she's, she's good. She's good. She's, uh, she's back home and she is resting comfortably and, uh, I will be there, uh, very soon. And, uh, but it's, it's one of those things you, you, I was, you know, you just feel like you're like, damn, I just wish I could take it all away or trade places or take a little bit of the burden on. And, and this is, this is something to tell all you guys out there. You, all you tough people that don't like to be helped and all that stuff is, is let people help you, let people help you. Um, you can't do everything on your own. And, uh, so I'm going to be very excited to be back there this weekend. Also, 
really bad pivot. Uh, there will be a live Patreon episode of So Bad It's Good on Saturday with Medita and Amy Field, who will be in Arizona as well. And I'm excited to uh, laugh with you guys, you Patreon members, this weekend. Um, so join if you'd like to. Uh, it would be great to have you. Um, but yeah, no, my mom's good. I had, I, I, and then you don't know what to do. So then you end up like saying stupid on Instagram or social media because you're like, okay, if I can just gather as much positive energy towards her, but then you're like, you don't want to take positive away energy away from somebody else. It's, it's all very confusing and it's, it's just very confusing. And I, I said, uh, uh, what did I, I was texting with my mom, uh, a little bit earlier and she of course has been very out of it. Uh, but I said, uh, she was like, well, I'm back in the, rec-. she has like this medical recliner at home. And she's like, kind of like back in the saddle again, today was the worst. And I said, well, the worst will be when you see me, that will turn your stomach, LOL. And she says, why is that? Don't tell me you dyed your beard again. <laughs> And uh, I said, totally joking. She's like, woo, you got me there. So she is, uh, she's laughing. I mean, I, I listen, I think my parents are just happy that this part of the process is starting and see where we go with it. But it's one of those, isn't it weird, the not knowing? And by the way, we'll get to the jokes and all that stuff. And we're recapping Real Housewives of Salt Lake last week's episode so it can warm you up for the bullshit you're about to watch tonight on Real Housewives of Salt Lake City on the season finale. Oh, good riddance in a way. In a way, in a way, we'll, we'll be positive. And I'll talk a little bit about the Golden Globes and Coachella in a second, too. I usually start, for you guys new to the show, this might not be your thing. You just heard some music, it's scary, and then you, you're you hearing somebody really get very personal up top, and that can be alarming. So there are timestamps where you can skip to something that you are familiar and comfortable with, uh, but don't leave. You're, you belong here. You're good. You're home. We're just, we're just getting very personal with each other right up top. Uh, I, 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 it's just, you know, I, I, I keep thinking about life so much lately just because of watching these ladies live their lives on Real Housewives. No, I just, I keep thinking about it and I was, I do everything to kind of distract myself a lot of the times by watching as much pop culture and TV and try to consume as much media as I can, you know, and I was like sitting, I was watching a Netflix documentary tonight about some hatch, like hatchet wielding hitchhiker. I think that's the title of it that just came out today. And it was okay. But then I was like, man, with entertainment these days, you could really Netflix your life away. You could really, and that would be fine. You know, that would be it. And I was like, how hard it is to do everything you want to do in life. And especially when there's all these great options and podcasts and books and, you know, there's so much, there's so much at all times. And what do you choose? How do you choose to spend your time? So anybody that chooses to spend their time with me, I thank you so much. I don't take that lightly. Uh, it's 11 o'clock at night and I don't, I, you know, I'll be honest. Like I don't, There, there's a huge part of me that doesn't want to be doing this right now. And I'd rather just kind of hide under my bed. But then there's a huge part of me that needs this completely. If I were to be completely honest with you. And, um, and there's a little tiny narcissistic part of me that's like, well, I hope you guys need it too. Uh, and I hope we're doing each other a solid here. And I don't know. I just keep thinking about that, like how hard it is to get done what we need to get done to kind of move five steps up instead of five steps back each day. And each day it's a struggle. Like each day it's hard. And then if you start trying to, if you start thinking about all the people that you love in your life and, and what they're going through, it can just be 
And that's where you do need these things. You do need these shows. You do need to yell about how ridiculous Heather Gay is. You do need to yell about Coachella lineup and that it's really good, but you realize you're starting to or have completely aged out of Coachella because you don't realize or recognize 90% of the band's names on this lineup. Uh, That is right, folks. Coachella 2023 has announced their lineup. Now, this is a very personal festival for me because... I have uh, I have been to like 15 Coachellas in my day, and I just had the best time all the time at these these festivals because I went with my best friends and we would get like well we started off like in the shittiest hotel rooms or you know all sorts of like wild arrangements and then as we moved up or not me moved up my friends moved up you would get nicer places and you you know and I looked forward to this every time and we would have like some form of pool or a jacuzzi and we would be making great food as like a big family and you would just get I mean you would get shit can wasted and then you would go and you would see some of the best music that the world had to offer and now my real love of music or my time period of music, I mean, it ranges all over the place, but 2005, the alternative rock scene in 2005 was just insane for me. I mean, you got the Strokes, LCD Sound System. I mean, there's just a billion bands I could name. Arcade Fire. Uh, I mean, there were so many indie bands in that that time period that kind of just came out of nowhere. Like, I'm thinking of bands like Keen, Snow Patrol, um, uh, so many that just came out and... A lot of them are already gone. And every year you would go to this festival or every year you would look forward to the lineup dropping. Like it was obsessive for me. It was it was another thing that was obsessive for me. And and I remember right around this time, the lineup would drop and you're like, oh my God, is Daft Punk going to be on it? Or is what surprise act is going to be on? I mean, I saw Prince once at Coachella and that was amazing. Sorry, I'm, for the, those watching on YouTube, I'm really massively playing with my hair because it's, I've been lying in bed. Um, and I just loved everything about it. It was, it was a magical time. And I even went back last year and it was fun. Like, you know, uh, had a good time, but it, it was more as an observer. Like I was observing all of these things and, and I'd been on the field itself that Coachella in Palm Desert and in, in the Palm Springs, Coachella Valley area is just beautiful. You would, uh, there's not a better place. I remember seeing Paul McCartney on a Friday night at Coachella And he was talking about the passing of his wife, Linda, years earlier. And it was her birthday that day he played. And he said, uh, you know, uh, I didn't, you know, I usually don't, I don't want usually to play on Linda's birthday. And, but she always loved the desert so much. She loved this area so much. And, you know, I want to play this for her tonight. And, you know, and I just thought of this man who had been in the Beatles because the performer's view is just as beautiful as the audience's view because it's surrounded by these beautiful mountains and it's really magical at night. And I had so many of those magical memories with my best friends on that field. And sure, there were like various legal, illegal stuff. Who knows? Who cares what was happening? But it was just the best. So... I get excited, but it's it's like, I get excited for the kids now. I'm like, all right, do the kids like it? Are the kids? So the lineup comes out today and these are the headliners. Bad Bunny on Friday night, Blackpink on Saturday night, and Frank Ocean on Sunday night. Now this is, by the way, by all means of anybody that's into music and probably between 15 and 28 this is probably one of the best lineups you're ever going to see in terms of, and also they're leaning fully into world music. And that is just like 
bringing sounds from every country almost. I mean, Blackpink is K-pop. You got Bad Bunny. Which, I mean, there's just so much great, but there's some really good finds even for me. Gorillas, I love Gorillas. Chemical Brothers, I put a little bit of Chemical Brothers in that mashup this morning uh, on there. Uh, Keitronada, Becky G, Blondie, that's a throwback act. That's one of the only throwback acts. Um, you have some good DJs, too many DJs I love. Uh, but Bjork, come on, Bjork. But I wonder if the kids even appreciate Bjork. Frank Ocean is a huge get. He has such a beautiful voice, beautiful voice, kind of sad. I mean, really, really sad. I saw him at Coachella in a tent years, years ago, and he was good. But I mean, I would love to see a headlining set from him. Uh, you got Eric Pride's Rosalia, another uh, really great voice. But there, I'm trying to think. Oh, Boy Genius has Phoebe Bridgers in it. I love her. Um, Muna, I love them. One of my favorite lesbian bands. I w- it makes me want to be a lesbian, Muna. I was like, God, they really, they have a great sound. Wet Leg had one of the best uh, first albums that I've heard in a long time in the la- last year. You've heard that song. On the Chase Lounge, on the Chase Lounge, on the Chase, on the Chase Lounge, on the Chase. It's really good. Trust me. Uh, they had a great, but rock really isn't represented or alternative uh, music really isn't represented. I mean, this is all alternative in a way, but let's play this game. Let let me read some band names to you. Just you tell me, have you heard of these guys? Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeji, Yeji, you know, Yeji. I actually do know Yeji. Yeji's great. Zero 70 shake. Um, hiatus Coyoto dinner party. This is all different bands. Los fabulosos Cadillacs, Elderbrook, Kenny Beats. I do actually know Kenny Beats. Flo Millie. Snail Mail. I love Snail Mail, actually. Uh, Revolution. Hot Since 82. Earth Gang. Umi. Umi. The Breeders. The Breeders is like, so So the lines, like the top line is like the big headliner, and then the lines go down, and they're smaller and smaller print. The Breeders were around when I was growing up, and they're on like the, like a really low line. Monolink, Ethel Kane, Bacar, Donovan's Yard, the Linda Lindas. I like them. Sunset Roller Coaster, Nia Archives, Jean Blomqvist, Drama, Who Made Who, Destroy Boys, um, DPR Ian, Stick Figure, Adam Beyer, Big Wild, MK, Cannons, Rom, Romy. Oh, I think Romy is one of the vocalists for the XX. Oh, that would be cool. Gordo, Fouché, No Noname. There's a lot of my mys. Uh, Pierre Bjorn. I actually do know Pierre Bjorn. Cassian, Joy, <laughs> Young Youngblood, Jamie Jones, Ashniko, Mala, TV Girl, White Fang, Doshi, Benet, Idris Elba is a DJ. Idris Elba, the actor, is a DJ, will be playing Coachella. Uh, Magdalena Bay, I could literally just make up like Fart Knocker, Fudge, Fudge Face, Drippy, Drippy Pubes. These are all bands you got. Drippy Pubes is in the Gobi tent. Yeah! And then, like, band, like, Charlie XCX, like, the kid, like, a certain age range, I know friends that just fucking die for Charlie XCX, and I wish she spoke to me as much, and that's the thing, that's the thing that excites me about music in general, is that, listen, I hope kids out there, or a certain, is freaking the F out about that lineup, I hope they are hoping that they get tickets, I hope, I love the excitement around anything, like, yeah, man, like, of course, I hope people are going to have the time of their lives. I hope they're going to roll their balls off. I hope, I hope, I hope 
good, fun joy for everybody involved. But there is a part of me that's like, man, think about the old days. My buddy Nick, um, who I would go with every year, and he's just awesome, my best friend. And he uh, he would say every year, we're going to live forever. He would shout it out at some point on the field in the desert. We're going to live forever. And for that moment, when you heard that, you really did feel you're like, I'm going to live forever. This is just about as good as it gets. This is as good as it gets. The excitement, you know. And so I hope that, I mean, this is going to sell out regardless. It really is a scene. It's, it's, it's this magical place. And it really is just hysterical uh, in all the best ways. And I was lucky last year because my crew kind of disbanded in a way. And they all had kids and grew up and stopped being Peter Pans and all of that stuff. And me and my room, my ex-roommate at the time, we, we went uh, and... And had a great time, but we we glommed on to the uh, Sandoval, Ariana, Raquel, Sheena, Brock crew. So we were with them each of those days. And that was cool. That was like a whole different experience being with them. And like I said on an interview yesterday, I think, is just a Sandoval. He genuinely is that dude that it's like, yo, let's make this the best time of your life. So he reminded me a lot of my friend Nick. He reminded me of that, like, he just wants to see people having a good time. And that's what I was like cracking up saying like people think that that Sandoval thing is a bit. I'm like, no, that's genuinely how he seems to be in real life is that he just wants every, he's one of those dudes is that he wants you to have the time of your life. But anyways, I wanted to talk about Coachella 2023 really quick. Hopefully some of you guys are going. I know some of the people in the Facebook group said they might be going. Uh, by the way, go join the Facebook group. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Go join. Uh, I saw a couple of people got cameos for me today, so I'll be filming those tomorrow. Uh, I think I'm going to be... Uh, also, I did a two-hour podcast with Annabelle DeSisto for her podcast, Adderall and Compliments, today. And that should be out tomorrow on her feed. But she had done this amazing story on my Patreon this weekend on Sunday. And this is kind of a continuation of that. But then we talk about so many other things, as we always do with Annabelle, as I always do with Annabelle. And I think it is a blast. So go check that out as well. But I might be... I might be on a Vanderpump Rules podcast on Thursday. I think I'm recording that tomorrow, but I don't want to say anything to, but I'll let you guys know. Okay. We're way too familiar with each other, aren't we? I'm just like, okay, you know what? I'll text you guys when I'm on that, but like, it's cool. Um, Also, I wanted to say that we had, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but there were statements saying Catherine Dennis was not coming back for this season of Southern Charm. And there was like these, articles today that said she wasn't on time when she was mean to the crew or mean to like cast crew and she didn't show up for two cast trips so she was not a series regular for this season that has already started filming and now by by dusk uh, another thing came out and said Catherine will be returning as a guest star so she is not fully removed from the southern charm family which i am very very happy about because listen Catherine's one of those people that she you know, she can be not prob. I don't know. She can be problematic, but it's one of those. If you watch from the beginning of Southern charm till now, you're like, that girl has been on a journey from a very, very young age. And I feel the show, I don't know. The show doesn't owe anything to anybody, but the journey that Catherine, we watched her go through is so brutal in so many ways. And she was so young. She was so flipping young and all these older dudes were after her. And I thought that was 
I thought that was interesting. So anyways, so that, uh, that is not, she's back. So if any Catherine fans are out there, you'll have her, but just in a guest star. So that probably means a couple episodes. And I hope, uh, I hope she can continue to be on that show. I, I think she needs it. And I think she is good TV at the end of the day. Um, also I wanted to mention this about Lisa Rinna is that Andy, I think I mentioned this saying like, I just want to, once again, people take things so literally and, you know, I'm not saying like read between the lines, but also I was trying to say this yesterday in so many words is that Andy has a job to do. Andy's going to keep everything nice and pretty for the most part. And so if Andy says like, people are like, I told you Lisa wasn't fired. Andy said, and it's like, dude, you guys don't realize like, (laughs) you know, they didn't say Jax was fired at first either. Like, Guys, they're they're not in the habit of making enemies. They're not in the habit of burning bridges. Two things can be true at once. That's one of the first things I think I ever said on this show when it first started. Two things can be true at once. It's not absolute. But also realize you don't try to burn bridges in business. You know, like, it's just not working. And I, I have a feeling that wasn't Lisa Rinna and Bravo coming to a mutual decision. I think that was more Bravo than anything else. But I hope, you know, he mentioned uh, Tamara saying that Tamara, when he, when he she was asked back, said, you know what, it really was good to have that time off and, you know, have a different perspective and stuff. And I'm sure at that point, Tamara would have said anything to Andy. Yeah, it was a good idea. I love it. Can I come back on? But I hope, really, Lisa does get a little bit more perspective of that. I do wonder how Rinna Wine is going to be sold at this point. Like, they better, they better do orders this week while she has, like, a lot of attention on her, uh, residual attention, if you will. Um, also the Golden Globes were back tonight after a year absence last year. Uh, there Golden Globes is, is such a weird award show. The history of that award show is wild because you got to realize these are foreign, uh, critics, right? But there's only, there was only like 60 or 70 critics that actually vote on these things. 70 people voted on the awards that you see, not many, as opposed to like thousands in the Oscars that are a part of the Academy. And so it is a very small pool. And you would say, oh, they're very select. No, that's why the the Golden Globes are wild. You'll get weird nominations. You'll get weird everything. And the Golden Globes was one of the last organizations that you could wine and dine them. Miramax or Mr. Harvey Weinstein took great, uh, great pains to wine and dine a lot of the Golden Globers. But Gerard Carmichael hosted the Golden Globes. And I love this dude. I talked about his HBO comedy special, Rathaniel, that I found very special this past year. And um, he hosted, and he came out there and he goes, you know, the reason I'm hosting tonight is because I'm black. And he just said it out loud. And that, because they have a diversity problem. That was part of the reason they didn't even air last year was that they they had no uh, no African-Americans in their voting block in those 60 or 70 people. And so now they have made up for that. There's four people in there. And, you know, he said, you know, basically I'm the black face. Like I am here to say that everything has changed. And he goes, in, in reality, I took the job didn't, not knowing if anything had changed. I took the job for the money. But he was great. He had he mentioned, oh, you guys, he <laughs> can't wait to see the fallout for this. He mentioned, uh, he did a Scientology joke. He was like, where is Shelly Miscavige? Um, <laughs> and I thought... That was uh, that was great because if you know Scientology at all, David Miscavige, the head of Scientology, his wife Shelley has been missing for years and years, and 
they just kind of sweep it under the rug. Like they're like, oh, she's a gold base. They whatever one of their bases. Oh yeah, but she's never, you know, she's had lifelong friends that has lost touch with her. I mean, I think what's her name that did all the uh, Leah Remini. I think Leah Remini was one of those friends. Doesn't know what happened to her, and a lot of people speculate. Um, what happened to this lady? So where is Shelly Miscavige is something I always used to tweet. And it, it was, it's wild. Like he said that on the award show and, and listen, this is the year of Tom Cruise because of Top Gun Maverick. So I thought that was wild that he did that. I was very happy that he, uh, he did mention that. And also Tom Cruise, by the way, he had given back all of his golden globes that he had won over his career in support of, uh, them not being, uh, them not having African-American critics on there and the history of abuse that was going into the Golden Globes. So Tom Cruise gave back his awards to that organization like a year and a half ago or something. So listen, two things can be true at once, right? But the Golden Globes, it was fun. I watched uh, I watched a bunch of it. Uh, it was really kind of nice to get back to the <laughs> bullshit of awarding celebrities. And it really, it's fun. I, I grew up like loving the Oscars. I grew up just dying, like hoping to host an Oscar one day. I would practice with a toothbrush. I remember that. And the only reason I practiced with a toothbrush, because I believe Billy Crystal in his Oscar monologue said he had practiced with a toothbrush. So I was like, I got to practice with a toothbrush. But it was great. Colin Farrell won for this beautiful film that I saw last week's. It's on HBO Max, The Banshees of Inisherin. It's really slow. Probably not for everybody, but Colin Farrell, what a year he has had. That and The Batman is the Penguin and after he just killing it at the movies. Uh, you got to see Brad Pitt in the audience and everybody was making their Brad Pitt is so hot jokes. Is Brad Pitt taking over for what Jack Nicholson used to be in the 90s when they would see him in the, I don't know, um, but everybody was making their jokes. The only thing Kevin Costner won for best actor for Yellowstone. And he was not there because he said the storms and the lady presenting uh, his award was like, Oh, come on, Kevin. Oh, you're in Santa Barbara. Oh, and kind of ribbed him, which I don't think it was going to sit too well with Kevin. Uh, so that'll be interesting and made fun of him for not coming. Cause he said he was sheltering in place because I will say as of this morning until like noon, it was raining in, and it had been raining for like 48 hours. So Kevin Costner is, is, but a lot of people have been very affected by this storm in the last couple of days. So who knows? I just thought it was great. Celebrities, uh, sniping at celebrities. And then, man, the, I got to tell you, the, the Golden Globes win because Jennifer Coolidge won. And whenever you put Jennifer Coolidge from The White Lotus on stage, she's just magical. And she's just... She just tells, she's just funny and there's emotional moments every time she speaks and she truly appreciates it. And, and she mentioned what a lot of us felt or what a lot of us feel in Hollywood or, or anywhere probably is just that when you're young, you're so full of hope and you think things are going to go a certain way and you're like, oh, wow, this is going to be so great. And as you get older, things fall apart or things fall by the wayside. And you're like, oh shit, why did I think this was going to go so great? And she was talking about in, in regards to Mike White, the creator of the white Lotus, how amazing he is and how he's kind of re-inspired her and, and really just made her, appreciate this all so much. And I thought it was just such a beautiful thing, but I just thought that sentiment was so true is that when you're young, you're just, 
you have so much time allegedly ahead of you. I'm saying allegedly, even when it comes to you have so much time ahead of you that you think you are indestructible. So you're like, you know what? It's fine that I didn't make it in Hollywood this week. There's going to be next month and the month after. It's going to be great. I'm really young. It's going to be fine. And then you start to get older and then you discover podcasting. <laughs> um, okay, you guys, are we ready to talk about these I'm going to listen. I already am kind of in a bad mood, like I told you earlier, and I've got a lot in my head right now. So I am going to take it all out on this stupid show called Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. You ladies, except for Lisa Barlow and Whitney and Dana, should be ashamed of yourselves. You did a horrible job this season. I'm thankful now that it's over tomorrow night. Of course, part of me will still miss you. Uh, I'm not looking forward to the reunion. Jen Shaw, for shame, for shame. I saw a clip already for tonight's episode, you guys, and it's Jen Shaw and her mother going finally to do their trial. And she's like, well, you're not guilty, hon. You're innocent. And she's like, sure, mom. And this is the, and they do a flashback of the clip where the mom's giving her her retirement money. It's all, I think, I just don't trust any of them. And of course, the mom's like, you know, you call upon your ancestors when you're in that court. You call upon your grandma. And I'm like, dude, you better not have her call those ancestors because they're going to be deeply ashamed when they realize that she, you know, fucked over a lot of elderly people. Like, you know, a lot of the ancestors are probably elderly that have, you know, so this, uh, it frustrates me to no end. But Listen, she's going to serve her time, and we'll, we will see what happens with that. This is Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, Season 3, Episode 12, originally aired last Wednesday on January 4th, 2023. This episode is entitled Unfashionable Behavior. And these notes are taken by the one and only Laura Beth Harp, at Laura Beth Harp on Instagram. Thank you, Laura Beth. She has been killing it this season and really helped me so damn much. Uh, this is the description the cable company gives us. Uh, the mystery of Heather's black eye still has everyone uneasy. No, it has everyone pissed. It has everyone so livid. This is so dumb. Literally, this the, the cable company should be like, Heather's black eye is a bunch, a load of bull crap. Nobody should buy this shit. This is ridiculous. She has a decorated eye patch at one point, folks. Where did a decorated eye patch come from? It's all bedazzled. And there's like an eye on there. Like, what is going on? Then it says, Whitney presses for more answers. I'm pressing for more answers. I'm Whitney. But this pushes bad weather, which is the duo of Heather and Whitney, into an even worse spot. Wow. Meredith hosts a mental awareness fundraiser in honor of her nephew. So uh, it's a jam-packed episode. And like I said, I was very surprised at the end of this that they were like, next week on the season finale of Salt Lake City. Part of me was relieved. Part of me was pissed. It's all over the map. And so we start like we do every week previously on The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Now, these ladies are on their trip to San Diego. And we see them riding go-cars and, you know, around town. And next we see Angie Kay confronting Jen. Remember two episodes ago about never paying for Coach Shaw's birthday party? Then we see Heather's black eye reveal. And it was like, oh, Zoinks! And all the ladies are questioning what happened and Heather acting super weird about it. Bad, bad Mormon? No, bad actor. Bad storytelling, bad plot line, bad everything. Fall from grace. Hey kids, look, a falling star. Woo, it's Heather Gay! 
The way she's played this, and in this episode in particular, I am livid. If there were penalties for Housewives, I would give her a big, fat $30,000 penalty for the scene in the bathroom, which we'll get into in a sec. Uh, next, we see a scene of Lisa and Meredith fighting. Meredith brings up, like, Lisa, you got an SEC filing on your business. And, you know, Lisa's like, how dare you bring up my business? And the ladies argue about how they can move forward. At this point, I just don't think they can move forward. And guess what? I'm okay with that. Can you guys be okay with that? Can we all like, can we just agree to not be friends and just move forward from there and maybe strike up some kind of weird anti-friendship friendship? Meredith denies calling Lisa mentally ill. I didn't call you mentally ill. I would never do that. Heather says the strangest line. She goes, I think my eye might be a metaphor for our friendships. And I'm like, fake? Fucking fake? Is that, was that the metaphor? What is the, what is the metaphor? Did your eye steal from the elderly? Did your eye lie to people? What is, what was the metaphor? And by the way, I really don't think, I think Jen and them like partied their balls off. And then I think, uh, I think Heather was so damn drunk. Like we already saw her in previous episodes that she fell and hit it on something. I don't think there's a big mystery. I really don't. I mean, had to, also, you know, she had scratches and all that stuff. But they were like roughhousing on, remember they were like roughhousing two episodes ago when they were wasted? That could have came from that shit. Also, has anybody checked Jen for defensive wounds or has anybody checked, like if that happened, wouldn't Heather grab Jen? Did we check Jen's general body? Uh, I'm just so tired of Jen. Uh, So the producer says to Heather in one of the scenes from the last couple episodes, so you don't remember what happened? And Heather goes, I didn't say that. And the producer goes, well, why don't you want to talk about it? Who are you trying to protect? And then Heather goes, myself. It's so dumb. And it's like, this is what I'm saying. It's bad acting. It's not believable in any sort of sense. And I also thought like Heather myself, that line, you could actually flip around and go, oh, well, maybe she's embarrassed like because she did it drunkenly like a fool. So she's protecting herself, myself. That would make sense. But guess what? I shouldn't have to be guessing because there's a fucking TV show that's supposed to show us all this shit. I shouldn't have to do my due diligence and try to find out what happened from a bunch of stupid bloggers and shit like that. No, I shouldn't have to find, like, try to get my own sources. No, there's a TV show called Real Houses of Salt Lake City that's supposed to show us how she got her black eye. Why are we doing any work at all? That's probably kind of why I'm even mad at Heather. It's like, why are you even leaving this to our imagination? Is this how you're running the shows now? Like, is this, wait, you're you're in charge now, and you think this is going to be good. Ooh. And then I, I got all the Dumas bullshit, like, people, sorry, I'm angry. Dumas bullshit, where, not Dumas, I love Dumas, but I'm saying anybody can write into her, and then you have these people, like, just, who knows if they're coming from a good source of, like, no, what happened is the producers blackmailed Heather, and Heather had to do it, or something. Like, what kind of weird job where the producers are now blackmailing Heather? Heather. Like, think this through. Say it out loud, because it reads really stupid on paper. And everybody just bring, oh, yeah, 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 oh, my God, that's got to be true. Same thing with Catherine Dennis' rumor this week. Same thing with Nicolette Sheridan supposedly, dro- like, joining Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, because somebody literally made a TMZ thing that looked really real, and then they got passed around, and it's been proven to be bullshit. It's like a completely fake image that somebody found from Twitter, and they're passing it around, because that's what happens, because everybody gets so damn excited now, and nobody actually goes and looks at TMZ. Like, somebody sent that to me, and and I immediately went to TMZ and looked the article up and it wasn't there. And it's a real quick, easy way to find out if something is fake or not. And guess what? You can make just about anything like these days. You true. Like, listen, I put my face on that little Megan Android girl's uh, head 
and I made myself look like Megan, like a little, like a bearded dude on a little uh, robot girl's body. And it looked kind of real. Am I a 13-year-old robot? I don't know. I don't think so. Pretty sure I'm not, but it looked real. That's all I'm saying. So please start the rumor that I am a 13-year-old robot. That would be great. Uh, But this kind of shit, then it's like just people sending in like, I could send in anything and there's a good chance that it could be printed and be like, no, listen, I heard from a source. No, I heard from a source. Heather Gay took the nastiest dump in the San Diego house. Like neighbors complained, like neighbors fully complained. She broke the plumbing. There was a plumber there and that plumber said that he saw signs of a struggle with that toilet. (laughs) So we start San Diego night three. They managed to make this a four episode San Diego trip. It's Jackson, Brittany's wedding all over again. We return to the Greek goddess dinner that Angie was throwing. And Whitney's like, how did you get the black eye to Heather? And Heather goes, I have a black eye. (laughs) I thought I covered it with makeup. You said I looked fine. And Jen goes, no, I didn't. And Heather's like, you said you look great. No one's going to notice. Just show up and be funny. And Lisa goes, it actually looks a lot better. And Heather goes, listen, I woke up with a horrible black eye. I could not open my eye. I had scratches and bruises all over my body. But we're still unsure about what happened to my eye. There's theories. Heather keeps looking over at Jen this whole time. She's talking. Whitney in a confessional immediately goes, I'm trying to figure out what is Heather saying without actually saying it. And Heather in the scene goes, what would you say, CSI? Whitney back in the confessional says, because she keeps looking to Jen to ask Jen what happened to her eye, which makes me feel like Jen, in fact, had something to do with the black eye. Because you would think that, right? She wants us to think that. She's giving us all signs point this way. Whitney goes, do you feel like you fell into something like? And Heather goes, yeah. I mean, we we reenacted like seven or eight different falls. There's a bruise on my knee. And Meredith, Meredith goes, there's no falling. And Heather goes, well, there are scratches on my. Oh, did you see the scratch on my? What? Wait, where did you see the scratches? And Jen is pointing to Heather's back and goes right here. And Meredith goes, it's your battery. And Whitney goes, from who? And Meredith's like, I don't know. And Heather goes, I don't want to talk about it. And Dana goes, well, let's talk about it. I mean, like Dana's like, yo, it's a reality show. Like, aren't we, do we, don't we have to talk about these? Dana knew, being new and good, goes, well, let's, let's talk about it. And she goes, Jen, I thought today we had a good day. Did we? And Jen goes, girl, I let you drive me. I put my life in your hands. We're good. <laughs> Jen's like, you gave me your social security number, girl. We're good. I just opened four bank accounts in your name. We're great. Dana's like, but let's talk about it. I know, but I want us to come to an understanding because this whole trip has been a little awkward for us, right? We haven't really been able to open up. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I want to be as real as I can with you, Jen. Someone that I know shared something with me and I just want to be real with you. And Jen goes, who? And Dana goes, and it is someone that I really trust that I've known for a very long time. And Jen goes, who? And Dana goes, supposedly they know someone that worked for you that said your company or the work that you're doing was very sketchy. And Jen goes, who? And Dana goes, and they pleaded guilty to whatever the allegations are, and now they're an informant. And they just told me to be really careful. So I was kind of shocked, and I was like, what? Like, what? Like, what is going on? And Jen goes, wait, 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 okay, let me, let, oh, hey, 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 let's be very, very specific and very careful right now. You, if, if you want to bring it, you take it to the finish line, honey. So what is this, like a biker movie? What, like, take it to the finish line? What are you? This is what, this is, but also, this is a 
this is a tactic. This is get get threatening, get real, get to. You better get scared, right? I'm I'm gonna make you scared. I'm Jen Shaw. And Dana goes, I know, but I cannot say it. And Jen goes, well, then you shouldn't. If you can't, then you shouldn't talk about it. But at the same time, if you can't, then we shouldn't talk about it. Heather is sitting right here, numb nuts right next to you with the black eye. Um, well, should she shut her mouth about the black eye? Because we can't talk about it. So we shouldn't talk about it. We can't get specific. Let's not talk about it. No, no, we got to talk about that, though. And Dana goes, but you have to see what I'm talking. And Jen goes, because what you're talking about is my life. And Dana goes, I know. And Jen goes, you're talking about. And Dana goes, okay, Jen. No. So don't bring it up because that is my life. And Dana goes, but I wanted to tell you how I feel coming into this damn new group. And Jen goes, bitch, I rode with you today. <laughs> bitch, I rode with you today. Dude, you know Jen, prison Jen. She's going to be, bitch, I rode with you. Dude, when do you think, how many months in there do you think will be the first time she says ride or die? I say first week. I think somebody, she will say, you're going to be my ride or die to somebody in prison first week. Deanna goes, I know that. That's why this whole weekend has been awkward between us because I don't know how to approach you. And Jen goes, well, check your source then. Check your source. Literally, I'm like, Deanna, I wish it had been like, yeah, I did. And we all have now too. And it turns out the source is like dead on. And Dana goes, I just wanted to talk to you. And Jen goes, check your source. The Constitution says you're innocent until proven guilty. And Dana goes, I know that. And that period, end of story. So she shouts her down, shuts her up. And then that's another tactic. And then gets up, walks away. So this is all like a minute. Gets up and walks away. So she removes herself from the situation, right? Now, when I saw this, I was like, okay, Jen... Has one more tactic she uses to get people to feel sympathy for her, and she will go to tears. That was what I was thinking. Let's see if she does that. Jen in the confessional is like, what are you saying? I'm not fucking with this. <laughs> You're telling me the truth about myself. I'm not fucking with it. And Jen's like, so we can just say whatever with no backup? And Jen in a confessional is like, do not make up some bullshit about what's going on with my legal case or anything tied to it, because this is very serious to me. Dana, I don't know you, and apparently you don't know your source. I mean, this is kind of bullshit. It's just funny because it's like she was dead on. And we knew this. We knew this going into this season, by the way. It's not like I I, I've, I mean, I feel like if you read any of the information, you kind of knew that Jen was heavily involved. So the table is quiet as Jen ran away and Heather gets up to go after Jen because Heather gay is Heather gay and is like this with Jen specifically and nobody else. And Dan is like, you guys all know this shit going on with Jen, but nobody fucking says anything. And Angie K goes, I've said it, Dana. And you see where it got me. I like that. It's like, I don't have any $1,500 shoes anymore. They're all back at home. The rest of them, the other ones are in the ocean. And when he's like, we understand this is the dance that we do. And it's hard. Whitney in a confessional is like, you're always running the risk of her coming at you and freaking out. And we get a flashback of all Jen's freakouts from the past seasons. It's very tiring. Uh, it's very obvious that the number one trigger is going to be her case. It's a delicate balance of wanting to ask about it versus ticking her off. It's very obvious that the number one trigger is going to be her case. And Meredith's like, you know what, Angie? Thank you. I think I'm kind of done. It's kind of been enough for me. I'll be honest. Meredith gets up from the table. Meredith in the confessional is like, this is insane. I think we all know things from informants. And Meredith's like, and I'm finished. Like, guys, but li listen, like, 
I don't know. I think it's just, it's really hard when I'm like, the, Jen is so in the wrong and so like this. And this is one of the only people that has tried to held her like slightly accountable. Like Jen be like, what? You heard what? Well, tell me more about that. Who said that? Wouldn't you want to get information? Like, Dana, I, I swear, like, if you were like, that shocks me. Like, what? Who said that? Like, why anger immediately? Why all of these things? Like, Dana, what are you talking about? Like, this kills me. Like, I am so scared right now. Like, I mean, like, talk about it. Meredith and the professional is like, but if I'm a guest on somebody's trip, the last thing I'm going to do is talk about things that threaten your freedom. This is not like, oh, she had an affair. This is like you're going to prison for decades. But also, Meredith, that would mean she also did something so criminally wrong that she would be going to prison for decades. Also, the affair thing, pretty bad, too. Uh, Meredith is now in is Jen's room with Jen and Heather. This is the shit that I just find wild. Jen's like, you want to bring shit up about me and my family and what I'm going through? And Heather's like, how long have you known Dana? What I just said, I don't even know that bitch. Other than she has gray hair, I gave her ass a fucking box of color. We get a flashback to two hours earlier when Jen literally gives Dana a box of hair dye and says, this is a girl's bonding moment. I'm like, no, this is you being an asshole and it's going to be wild to watch you get older in jail. Back to the dinner table outside, Dana's like, the person that told me that said she knew exactly what they were doing when these allegations were happening, because this is some real ass fucking shit. No motherfucking FBI's coming down like that, okay? And your fucking partner is not going to testify against you. There's multiple people pleaded, pleaded guilty already. Like, no one's going to go as hard if she's innocent, okay? I'm not saying that she's guilty, but there has to be something. And Angie K goes, well, if you say something, and Winnie goes, what happens if she's proven guilty? What then? And Lisa goes... I don't even let myself go there because I'm like, I have to believe she's innocent until they prove her guilty. And Angie K's like, Lisa and I, I'm kind of right there with you. <laughs> Angie K always looking to take the lead from like somebody else take the lead. Okay. Yeah, I'm there too. Because I've had people ask me the same question. And when he's like, my answer is it that if she is proven guilty, then I will probably have to sit across an awkward conversation, but I'm willing to go have a conjugal visit. And Dana's like, it's not a conjugal visit. You're just visiting. And Lisa's like, it's probably not a conjugal visit unless you're going to hook up with her. And Dana's like, yeah, so you're just going to visit her, not conjugal. I was like, we're not going to have sex in there. And Whitney's like, well, I don't uh, uh, eat. Back to Jen's room. Heather's like, all you have to say to shut all of them up is like, why don't we talk about how Heather really got her black eye? <laughs> and she's making these weird motions like she's doing the slap the ass like, Hey, and it is so cringy. It's like if I did that. It's like if I was like, what's up, ladies? And I'm like slapping, a, doing a space work behind, like, ooh, slapping the bit. I'm playing bongos. Woo. Heather, it was just so cringy. And they're like, this is what pissed me off because this shit of you trying to edit the show and trying to produce the show. Hey, Jen, why don't you get it back on my black eye? And Jen's like, let's do that. And Heather's like, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go zip, and we're not going to tell them. You know why? Because they don't deserve to know. Because they already do, and they just want us to say it out loud. What? They already... I don't think anybody knows what the fuck you're talking about. Not just this episode, this entire season. Meredith and Confessional's like, wait, what? What? Shimmy? What? And Heather's like, you say at the end because that's going to put the fear of God in some of them. You know, you know what? She pushed me, guys. And I'll tell you exactly how the black eye happened. Someone will panic. You know me. I'm loyal to the core, though. Snitches get what? Stitches. Smacking that ass. Smacking the ass. It's so weird. Like, at what point? Like, just 
Heather, you're cool, regardless of what you're trying to do. Just be you. You're going to be great. Like, just go back to you. Meredith in the confessional is like, I'm so confused at this point, but I wish Heather would just say who hit her. It's unsettling not knowing. At this point, it's so interesting. It's like they all let each other be just weird assholes. Like, nobody seems to care enough about each other in this show to stop them from being just cringy assholes. So Meredith's like, yeah, I'm not going to say anything because it's just, you know, I'm confused. But I hope they say something, you know. It's like somebody would be like, yo, I'm a part of this show, too. You're going to make me look like an asshole if you're guilty first. So please don't give me a heads up. And two, Heather, what are you doing? Like what? I don't snitches get stitches. We're on the real housewives. What are you doing? Meredith, Jen and Heather walk back to the table outside and she's like, well, hello there, goddesses. Why are we acting like we're let's still stick to the goddess theme. There's an awkward tense silence. Lisa's like, okay, Jen, this is what, when you left, this is the conversation we had. I said, we believe Jen. We believe Jen is innocent. And we believe until somebody proves her not innocent, you have to believe she's innocent. And I said, when he, and Jen goes, otherwise, why are you here at this table? And Lisa's like, wait, 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 wait. I'm like, you got to get to know Jen. We got to know Jen. And Jen's like, so Dana, when she told you that, you still think you're a mystery person? You're still questioning me? And Dana's like, I'm not questioning. I'm just letting you know that that's, you know, I'm being honest with you. And Lisa goes, she wanted to be honest with you. And Dana's like, and that's why I had my walls up this weekend. And Dana in a confessional is like, no matter what these ladies say about Jen, how much they trust her, how much they believe her, how much they defend her, she is a very untrustworthy person. Boom. Boom. The only sad thing is that this is not coming out of Meredith's mouth or somebody that's been there three seasons. Lisa goes, you guys, I love you very much. I got to get my flight. And Heather's like, I love you. (laughs) Shut up, Heather. What a liar. Lisa's like, thanks, Heather. I love you too. Equal liar. Heather goes, do you want to wear this on the flight just to like make sure pointing to her eye patch? And Lisa goes, that's amazing, but I'm going to pass. And Heather's like, okay, I feel like this is my new Tinder profile pick. Okay, Heather. Um, And Heather goes, how do you say goodbye? Opa. And Angie goes, konnichiwa. Or kalanita? Kalanita. I'm sorry if I'm totally butchering that, which I know I am. Heather Whitney goes, you know what happened, Heather? And Heather in a confessional is like, black eye, black heart. I just want to go home. All the ladies leave the table, but Whitney and Angie. And Angie goes, what an interesting ending to an interesting evening. (laughs) The other Angie is back home going like, ah, damn it. FOMO, you guys, FOMO. The ladies are now back in Utah. Ha, ha, ha. That's the choral music. Ha, 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 ha. We see beautiful shots of Salt Lake City. And then a montage of the ladies. Whitney is meditating in her backyard. It's always funny to think about these people filming because you know a camera crew's there. And she's like, I'm just going to meditate. Will you get a shot of me doing that? Like Lisa's fishing with her husband, John. <laughs> All of a sudden, Lisa's like, a river runs through it. She's like bass fishing. Um, we arrive in, by the way, Lisa's outfit, you still see a little boob. Like I love, it's like the, it's like fishing, but like make it sexy or sexier. 
Uh, we arrive at Meredith's house and she sees her kids, uh, Brooks, you know, style icon, and Chloe sitting at the table talking. And Brooks is like, okay, I need to go through the looks. And Chloe's like, okay, do you need me to try them on? And Brooks is like, potentially, sort of. And Meredith walks in, hi guys, hi mom. Meredith's like, what's going on here? And Chloe's like, Brooks is going through his looks. And Meredith's like, are you guys excited about tonight? And Brooks's like, I'm so excited. And Chloe's like, yeah, are you speaking of presenting or any of the above? Like, and and Meredith's like, I mean, I'll definitely speak. In a confessional, Meredith's like, tonight is the fundraiser for ADR, my sister's nephew, new foundation. And this is actually very serious because it's about her nephew, Alex, which we've talked about before. And, you know, it's about mental health and addiction. It's in a mental health and addiction foundation that's designed to assist in finding the proper fit for people who are struggling, obviously inspired by her nephew, who she adores, she says. And Brooks is like, I'm honestly really stressed. People prepare for stuff like this in years in advance, and I'm doing it in 48 hours. So, Brooks, I mean, listen, I think this kid's talented and seems like, you know, but like, dude, don't like, don't just do it. Like, you have a time for like, I'm doing fashion in 48 hours. Maybe that's not real fashion then. Maybe like, don't do that. Like, you know, maybe just show your sweater line again or something. Like, don't just, you know what I'm saying? Like, things take time. Like you're just going to rush out this. Anyways, Meredith's like, I don't think people are preparing years in advance. Meredith and Chloe both laugh. I don't really know what was funny. Meredith's like, but maybe months in advance. And Chloe's like, you think this is like Paris fashion week? And Brooks is like, no, no one in this family understands the stress of running a business while finishing college. And Meredith's like, really? Cause I did it. And Chloe's like, Ooh, she snapped back. Brooks is like, Okay. And Meredith's like, oh, wait, here's a text from Whitney. Hey, Meredith, I won't be able to make it to the fashion show because we had to move Bobby's birthday party due to the weather last week. I hope it all goes well. I would love to donate to your sister's cause. Good luck. That's nice. Heather, I don't know what her status is, if she's going to make it or not. I think the whole Shaw family is coming. It's been a rough couple of days for Jen, you know? She's been very open with the group. <laughs> talking about, you know, emotional stress. And certainly, I think this trial looming has to be horrible feeling for her. She has been very open with the group and talking about her feelings, but very not open with the group in terms of what she did. Chloe's like, anyone that you're not excited to be there? And Meredith's like, well, Lisa Barlow bought a ticket. I'm curious to see how that bitch interacts with you guys. She didn't say bitch. Meredith in confession was like, even though Lisa and I aren't really vibing, this is an event for charity, and I'm not going to exclude somebody. Meredith says, if in fact I see her talking to you guys for a while, don't worry. I can come rescue you if you want. And Chloe's like, tell her you need to rescue your garbage whore daughter. <laughs> and they all laugh. <laughs> it is pretty funny. New scene. We're at Angie H's house and we see Heather walking in. And Heather's like, hello. And Angie's like, oh, I miss you. The camera. She's not talking to Heather. I miss you. The camera. And Heather's like, hi. They hug and do that whole lady thing. And Angie's like, I, I have not talked to you. And, and Heather's like, I know I've missed you so much. Heather takes off her sunglasses and Angie's like, let me see that eye. I know I, I knew to look for it. It's subtle. And Heather's like, I can't cover it with makeup. I tried. It doesn't cover. And Angie's like, come in. Welcome. Welcome. Can I get you a Paloma? And Heather's like, I'll do a Paloma. It's probably like 10 a.m. And he's like, okay. And Heather goes, oh, Domino. And the camera flashes to Angie's dog. I cannot do the crusty puss eye. Now, I realize why everyone keeps asking me about my eye because it's impossible to look away. 
<laughs> I don't even know. I'll never tell what happened. And Angie goes, so I went to Whitney's house the other night for the Wild Rose thing. And she said you couldn't make it, but you told me about San Diego. Flashback to Angie H talking to Angie K, Whitney and Dana talking about their trip and talking about Heather's black eye. Angie said she's worried. And Whitney says, I am too. And Heather's like, it's just dumb. It's just a dumb black eye. <laughs> it's like one of the nastiest black eyes I've seen in a long time. It's not just a dumb black eye. It's also gross and stupid. And there's a lot of words that you could use. Angie's like, what happened? Do you have any recollection? And Heather's like, no. And Angie goes, there's a part of me, and tell me if I'm wrong, that like feels like you're protecting somebody and the last people who were with you, you know, seen at the crime scene. And Heather goes, yeah, they were Meredith, me, Angie K. And then pauses, Jen. And then he goes, why are you saying Jen last? And Heather goes, well, because I was just going through the list. And Angie goes, so you have to understand as your friend, I'm very concerned. I told Chris, my big fat fucking elf on the shelf, husband, Chris, he was just like, holy shit. Did someone do this to her? I'm going to go make a fake Instagram account because <laughs> holy shit, did someone do this to her? You just have to know this is out of love and concern. And if someone did this to you, Heather, nobody's okay with it. And Heather goes, I feel that. And I know that. And I feel like, and Angie goes, and will you ever tell me? And Heather goes, no, we cut back to a producer confessional and producer goes, is there a part of you, Heather, that's hoping someday else, somebody else will say it, or are you hoping that it never gets said out loud? And Heather goes, I just hope it goes away. Oh, uh, act, actress, actress. Angie is like, is that you saying it was somebody, Heather? You, you just don't want to say who it was? And Heather goes, no, I just don't want to talk about it. Angie goes, okay. And Heather goes, because no. And Angie says, if someone did this to you, do not protect them. Angie in a confessional goes, I don't want to point fingers, but Lisa and Heather have had issues. I don't think Whitney is capable of that. I don't think Meredith would do that. I've seen Jen's temper. I really don't know. And Angie goes, I just hope that you are getting like the appropriate guidance and care that you need. And if you ever need it, we are here for you. And I'm not going to push you, but if someone did this to you, you do not have to protect them. We come to commercial, you know, back and forth from commercial break. We come in, the scene opens at Whitney's house with Whitney and her kids, little Bobby and Brooks. And when he's like, there are so many good photos in here, Bobby, Brooks, come here. Look at this. Do you know who that is? And Brooks is like me. And when he's like, look how cute you were as a baby. And Bobby's like, yes. And Whitney's like, I was just trying to look for old photos of like my family. And Brooks is like, who is that? And when he's like, that's me in the third grade, your age. Whitney in a confessional is like, after San Diego, I'm realizing a big part of my journey is letting go of the bat and focusing on the positive. So going through these photos are going through memory lane, down memory lane, and remembering all of the good moments. It's so cathartic for me. I listen. I don't like some of you guys. I just it blows my mind. Like, listen, everybody. I love that everybody has their own opinion on housewives. But we all have agreed that my opinion is the right one. Right. Like we're just and that's not even a it's just something that we all agreed. And <laughs> but it, wow, I'll read some of your comments about Whitney and I'll just be like, what? Like, I just don't, I don't understand the hatred. I really feel like it's like the voice and I feel like it's the way of coming to the point rather than the point itself because every point Whitney makes or everything Whitney is doing for herself, I feel is just really on the mark. And now is my favorite part of the show where we get to talk about our sponsors. And this week, this podcast, So Bad It's Good, is sponsored by our friends at BetterHelp. Now, listen, <clears throat> We're into a new year, right? And I'll be honest with you. I have let um I have let 
certain parts of my mental health slip. I need to go back to therapy. I need to actually use BetterHelp once again. Because I feel like my best self when I do things that work on myself. And listen, I'm working out now with a trainer. But also, I need somebody to work out my mind. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. We do all of these things, right? We do all these things to look good, you know, and to to dress ourselves well, <clears throat> to eat well, you know. But sometimes we don't take care of, like, our mind our inside our head, which kind of dictates the whole life that we lead. But when you're at your best, you can do, like, great things, right? But sometimes life gets you bogged down and you feel overwhelmed or, like, you're not showing up in the way that you want to. I, I felt like that the last couple weeks of the year, and there's a lot of things going on in life, in my life right now, in all of our lives, really. Um, but I really felt like I was going through some motions or just kind of like I was swept up in things. And I still felt like I was doing good work, but I felt disconnected from it, if that makes sense. And I was thinking in the shower before I, I came in here tonight, I was just like, it is so, our, our, everything's so fragile right now, I feel. Like everything could go in in a moment. And sometimes in the same hour, I can go from happy to sad, to ecstatic, to angry. There's so many emotions happening right now. Working with a therapist can help you get closer, though, to the best version of yourself or how to deal with all of these emotions that you have every day. Because when you feel empowered, you're more prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Um, <clears throat> I've, done, I've done therapy at multiple points in my life. The tricky part, just to be honest with you, with therapy is that sometimes you feel like, well, I'm good now. Everything's good. Let's just keep it where it is. And I realized that just with exercise as well. Like I'm back at the gym this past week and it's, man, it hurt. It hurt so bad. And I was fearing it so much. And the same thing with therapy. I have that thing in my head still, even after all of these years of doing it, like, oh man, I'm scared to set up an appointment on BetterHelp. I'm scared to actually talk to my therapist and tell them what I'm feeling right now. And that's, I don't know why that scares us. I don't know why. I'd rather just do a three-hour podcast every day. <clears throat> but it is helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. I mean, just being here in this world is potentially major trauma, though. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient. Boom. Flexible. Boom. Affordable. Boom. And entirely online. You just have to fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Now, that's a very important point, point right there. That's a great feature because sometimes you got to jive with your therapist. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash SoBad today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P. Come on, you know how to spell help, you guys. BetterHelp.com slash so bad. And I will put that, uh, that in the show notes as well. Um, now, uh, this is great. We, uh, we haven't, uh, we haven't had this, uh, sponsor in a while and I'm very excited because, uh, this really helps me out of a jam. Our next sponsor is HelloFresh. You know, HelloFresh, but HelloFresh, they don't even know this, but they are helping me out of a jam already in 2023 because, I, um, 
I made the bold statement to my parents that I was going to cook for them. I was going to cook for them. And uh, listen, uh, I got a uh, I got a box of HelloFresh coming to me, and they gave you all of these different options. Like I could I could pick all like like veggies, fit and fun, like all of these different kinds. Like you could pay like it was so amazing. And I chose one and that box is coming to me and I'm going to have a bunch of different meals that I get to prepare. And like how my parents' house is, it has this Island, like a kitchen Island. And then the like living room, it's like a tiny place. Um, so I can be out there cooking. My mom can sit in her recliner chair. My dad can be out there and we can all chat while I am reading the hello fresh directions because they take you through every step of the way. Um, listen, you've got new year's goals and HelloFresh is going to be there to help you achieve them. You skip the grocery store, which is huge because the grocery store, let's just say it can be annoying and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. What about that does not sound good. Like, honestly, it really is awesome because you eat well, you save money, you save time getting in the car, getting out, uh, going into the grocery store, coming back out, getting in the car, going back home, and then you got to cook. Um, so fast and fresh recipes, they have that as well. HelloFresh's latest line of meals featuring robust flavors and filling portions already in less than 15 minutes. Enjoy taste and quality done quick with recipes like falafel power bowls, seared steak and potatoes with Bernays so sauce, or Southwest pork and bean burritos. Um, listen, it is one of those things that I think uh, if I'm left to my own devices, I'll just be honest with you. I won't. I'll just I'll eat whatever's there. The fact that they're going to have prepackaged meals that I can make and they're going to be 25% cheaper than takeout. Are you kidding me? The ingredients travel from the farm to you in less than seven days so you know they're fresh. Um, so skip the snowy schlep to the grocery store, stock up on snacks, sides, desserts, and more at HelloFresh Market. You can also add these staples and sweets to your weekly order, and they'll arrive on your doorstep along with meals. Like, I love this. You got, I love to not see people and go to the grocery store. Like, this is everything I want. I truly, truly think that HelloFresh is going to be the way to start off your 2023 right. It is so easy. You can go to their website. You can pick out these meals. Like you said, you can add extras if you want. Um, and I got to tell you, I am going to be doing that this week. And when I tell you I am excited, that is so because I've done HelloFresh before and I flipping loved it. It was when I was married, though. So listen, that was like so long ago. And I'm so excited to do it again. But please do it with me. Share your experiences with me. I'm going to share my experiences with you. And uh, my mom will probably be watching over my shoulder telling me what I'm doing wrong. But I'm really excited to go on this journey with HelloFresh once again. So. Go to HelloFresh.com slash SoBad22 and use code SoBad22 for 22 free meals plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash SoBad22 and use code SoBad22. Um, and I'm going to put this in the show description as well. So HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit.
Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts. I got a pair of green shorts. I cannot wait to style these for summer. And I got to tell you, the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves, like 100% European linen shirts from 30 performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And takes a lot of work and takes a lot of, you know, she's putting herself through, putting herself through a real emotional journey. And she's also being, for the most part, what I what feels to be very honest, but some of the reasons I hear that people don't like her, it just seems so surface that I'm like, it is funny. I always forget that the housewives can be watched on a very surface level. And I, I don't, I don't know. It's very interesting to me. So Whitney's like, go get ready for soccer. I'm going to call Curtis. And Whitney calls her half brother, Curtis. And she's like, what's up? And Curtis's like, how are you? Good. I just got like sucked into this rabbit hole and looking at old photos. And Curtis's like, Oh shit. Do you remember that girl? I don't remember. Yeah, you don't remember? No, it's little Molly Mormon. They're looking at old photos of Whitney. And Curtis is like, that's cool. So do you remember it now, now that you've gone through it? And Whitney's like, um, you know what? Most of it, no. But some of it comes back to me. When do you fully get past the point of like sitting and thinking about the past? And that's a really, like, think about it. Like, it's Whitney's fault. But think about that statement. That's fucking deep, man. When do you fully get past the point of sitting and thinking about the past? Like, when is it okay to move on from something? When is the appropriate time to have healed from something? When should you not feel feeling for this thing that really emotionally upset you? Curtis says, I've always identified with the future because that's where I'm headed and I can do something about that. And when he's like, yeah, Curtis is like, I can't do anything about even yesterday. Mm-hmm. Even though you're getting in touch with your feelings from the past, I think you already know those. And it's good to just embrace them for a minute and to be like, all right, it is what I thought it is, thought it was, and the excitement is in the future winning. And when he's like, yeah, there's a lot of good people that you haven't even met. Like I would seek, go after those new relationships and take all that you've learned and get into independent relationships where I'm going to pour into those people that pour back into me. And when he's like, that's like some stuff I'm going through with my friends right now. Whitney in a confession is like, when you choose to work on yourself and grow, it's interesting what happens to the people around you. They either grow with you or you go in a completely different direction. And I feel like 
that is what's going on with Heather and I. I just hope at some point those paths come back together. Curtis is like, stop identifying with the old Whitney. The new Whitney has a standard. Now we're at a new scene. We arrive at Jen's house where she is getting on a Zoom call on her laptop. She's in a tiny office and her laptop's on one of those laptopy things that makes the laptop kind of like like for working ergonomically and, you know, like where it's on like a little pivot or a little ramp, a little, a little, little laptop ramp. And her therapist, Ernest, which I've got, Ernest, you probably, you, you potentially aren't good, Ernest. I really just, just even letting yourself be on TV in the first place in a very intimate process is already not great. I would truly, truly love if you, and listen, if you've gone this far being on TV, maybe you'll give us our case files because I would love to know if you guys ever got to any kind of honesty ever. So Ernest is like, hey, Jen, how are you? And Jen's like, hi, Ernest, how are you? Very good, thank you. So how are you right now? You know, um, I had a really rough night last night. I didn't sleep well. I feel like I'm not in control. Jen in the confessional is like, after San Diego, it's like back to reality because I am inching closer and closer every day <clears throat> to trial. And Jen's like, there's something new going on through this legal process every day. So it's like, I wake up every morning and there's this certain level of uncertainty. Like, what is going to happen today? What are my attorneys going to call me with today? What is the government going to send over to us today? And you know what, guys? I bet it also triples that uncertainty and anxiety when you know deep down, are they going to find out the guilty thing that I did, that I've done this whole time? Or are they going to be able to argue it clearly? Because Jen was the head of it. Jen in the confessional goes, I'm at an even deeper and darker place. And I am dealing with another level of depression, daily anxiety that is paralyzing. Now, I don't doubt that Jen feels bad for herself. I don't. There's no part of me. But I also feel like that Jen doesn't really even consider herself guilty still, even after sentencing. I do hope that one day when she has time, you know, from all of her prison activities or whatever, that Jen does think about the deep level of depression and daily anxiety that these elderly people that squandered their savings, their retirement. Uh, one lady had to move back to, uh, to Mexico, I believe, um, because she could not afford to stay over here any longer um, because she had given her money to Jen and her underlings. I hope that amount of depression and daily anxiety has to be really rough. Ernest says, you've been through a lot. And Jen goes, yeah. Ernest says, the most important thing as you get closer is going to be setting up all the support structures that you're going to be needing. What are you going to need from family? What are you going to need from friends? You have to start making requests because you can't be a lone ranger in all of this. <laughs> Jen's like, I'm worried that like, you know, as a mom, like, have I done something where it affected Omar where he like, basically, did I fuck up my kids up? You know, I mean, one of them you did, you know, just to be honest, there's that point. I mean, Omar, especially the other son is going to med school and he is very, you know, grown up, but I would be curious what their household was like. It doesn't seem like it's been a happy one for a long time, just going through the court documents. But I was watching that Fleischman is in trouble, that FX show I talked about yesterday. And these kids in it have to go through something really horrible in regards to their mother in the show. And, you know, it's like once something like that happens, you're forced to grow up really quick. You're forced to go up really quick. Now, I am bummed that my mom is sick right now, right? But I'm also old or older. I'm not a kid. I feel like a kid, but I'm not a kid. I wish I was a kid, man. I wish I looked like how I felt. Physically, I feel horrible, but mentally, I, I'm very kid-like. And 
But when you're a kid, though, when you're that age, when you're Omar's age, and you had a gun pointed in your face because of your mom, when you had all of these things happen, your mom is basically getting removed from your life. And and some parts of that, that might be good for him. And a lot of that is just going to force him to grow up and really, really make him grow up quicker than he would have normally. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's ruined or whatever, but it definitely will change him in a sense. You are changed by your circumstances. You are changed by your surroundings and what happens to other people that you care and love about in this life. Ernest says, I don't hear anything that you're, you've been speaking about in terms of Omar. Where's, is there any anger? The only negative impact is he's worried about you. And Jen's like, yeah. And Ernest goes, that's it. And he's worried about you because he loves you. And Jen goes, I just, I get worried that um, he's going to go through so much as a high school student and no kid should have to go through this, right? Yeah, Jen, like this is the shit that I wish Jen had thought about when she was doing this shit. Because the other thing was, you could say, oh, she's doing it for her family. She's doing it. No, coach made $721,000 last year, right? My parents never made close to that in any given year. I have never made close to that in any given year. Jen was buying designer goods, handbags, purses, car, like all this bullshit that you don't need. What you do need is your son. What your son does need is you. But all this glossy bullshit we clamor for. And then she wanted to get on TV on top of it, even though she knew she was doing illegal activity. Jen in the confessional says, Omar is like a mini coach shot at home, and he has to be so strong for me, but I don't want to put my family through this. They don't deserve this. Jen says, Sharif Jr. is growing up, trying to get accepted to medical school. Like, oh, hold on a second. Let your mom throw another thing on top of that. And so I have a lot of guilt from this. And Ernest goes, unfortunately, this is a part of life you're living right now. And you can only make that worse by interacting with you are being a burden. You're not. You are their mother. And Jen goes, what can I do for Sharif? He's taking the brunt of all of this. He always shows this positive, strong, but like I worry about him. And he has, he said, this does affect me. He's like, I sit in my car in the parking lot and I cry. And Jen starts to cry because he's like, I am worried. I don't want you to leave. Wink. No, this is so much to put on anybody, you know, but like at what point anybody, like at what point is it too much for him? I don't want it to break him. And I don't want him to stay just because he thinks, oh, Jen needs me. I want him to be here because he wants to be here, you know? Listen, I don't know. We haven't gotten enough honesty from their storyline for me to make any headway into this. But I will say from the court documents and what they've given to us, it does look like she was having an extramarital affair. Who knows if Coach was it as well? Who knows? It, you know, Coach seems like he did know a little bit about this, but they don't seem like they're going to try to make a case out of that. Um, I don't know what is there for them. I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, do, do they stay together? Does coach? I mean, I really don't know. I mean, I'm so confused about religion, you guys, you know, because, you know, these are, you know, coach is a very strong Muslim man and he's, you know, very, uh, you know, you're, you're these tenets of religion, right? Like whether it be sins or, you know, whatever Bible or whatever you follow, it's always interesting. The people that, that talk about it and the people that express it are always seem to be some of the people that cause like the most trouble, the most sin, the most, I was reading this article about Mr. Ugh, Kanye West in Rolling Stone last week. And it was talking about his massive addiction to porn. And he would show pornography in the Yeezy offices, not just this, like, like years back. 
you know, females would be in there and he would be like, it would be like, oh, you know, it would be like, you know, he said, uh, if you ever, if you ever get like a creative block, watch 10 minutes of your, 10 minutes of porn, it will unblock you. Like he always said that. I mean, he was showing, uh, you know, X-rated videos of him and his wife, Kim Kardashian at the time to staff. He would just do this. And it was also a way of psychologically breaking somebody down and seeing what he could get away with, I guess. And you're like, man, that's wild. Like somebody like that, like bitches and moans about over-sexualization of their kids, about putting them on TikTok. But then this dude is walking around like watching porn nonstop. And like, I have no problem with porn. I like porn. Like that's, that's not the issue here. But it's just these people that then rail against it so hard. I'm like, yo, if you like porn, you like porn. Also, I don't think you should just be showing it randomly in an office. There's no place for that, I don't think. But it was just weird. It's like always these people that are so loud about their voices, about what is right and what is wrong, usually just do a shit ton of wrong. And I don't think Coach is necessarily innocent in all of this. Just like I didn't believe Erica Jane was innocent in all the Tom Girardi stuff. Ernest says, well, he's just like Omar. He's worried about you. That's the bottom line. They're worried. And if you're holding it together, then that energizes them. And that's just obvious, right? When your parents or your friends or your family are happy, it makes you happy. We come back from commercial break and we're at the Utah Museum of Contemporary Art. And we see Meredith walking up with her kids and her husband, Seth. I'm Seth. (laughs) I run 4,000 people in Canton, Ohio. Meredith walks into the backstage area of the fashion show that Brooks just started 48 hours ago and starts talking to the models. And Meredith's like, well, I want you to be my green. You look gorgeous to the ladies. Meredith is like, every fashion show is crazy and intense and has a lot of moving parts that have to come together. This one is a little bit heightened for me because the cause is so important to me and close to me. I just want it to go well. I just want it to be a success. Meredith says, pick a model to start with. It's the jumpsuit models we're doing individually. Meredith says, we have so many people who are donating their services, their time. I have a lot of designers showing their new collection, including Brooks. <laughs> we flash over to Brooks working on his looks. And model's like, how does this look? And Brooks like, I think it looks fine. And Meredith's like, these are for her. Thank you. Okay. Where are the other jewelry models? Come on, let's go. Meredith in the confessional is like, I'm doing jewelry here. You know, it takes a village, but we're finally here. And I couldn't be more proud. And Meredith's like, I'm ready to get dressed. Next, we see a montage of the fashion show coming together. Models getting dressed. Chairs being set up. Makeup getting done. Meredith's sister, Myra, walks in to see Meredith. And Meredith's like, hi. My, I'm just taking a look around. I think it looks great. And Myra's like, it's so great. People are starting to arrive, including Meredith's nephew, Alex, who this is all for, in a sense. And uh, this, is, this is the other thing I will say that I hate. This is a very serious issue that her nephew dealt with, deals with, will deal with for the rest of his life. And I think this is a really good, um, it's a good fundraiser. I just wish it wasn't on TV. And I wish, you know, because these shows, you just bring fights. That's what, that's what the whole gig is. You're not like come to this show and just be totally chill. Like that's never how it is on housewives. And I just feel like it kind of like, don't cloud the issue. This isn't actually a real serious issue and don't, I don't know. Don't don't draw the attention away to some bullshit fight. Anyways, Dana's the first cast member to arrive. She and Meredith greet each other and hug. And Meredith's like, hi, how are you? You look beautiful. And Dana's like, you look beautiful. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you feeling since we got back from our trip? Going okay? This is like somebody you can tell in their first season. They're like, how is it going on their first week back? We just got back from trip. How is that going? In no way was I told to ask you that immediately. <laughs> Meredith goes, I mean... 
it was a lot. <laughs> NGK walks up and Mary's like, hi, how are you? And NGK goes, hi, ladies, congratulations. And Mary's like, thank you. NGK goes, this is beautiful. And Mary's like, thank you for like everything. And Dana goes, I was asking Meredith how she's feeling after our trip because we have not seen each other. <laughs> I was just asking Meredith. Yeah, I was just asking Meredith. Meredith goes, it was a lot. It was a lot. I think for everybody, you know? And Angie's like, yeah. And Meredith goes, I mean, I'll be totally blunt with the two of you. I'm not angry at either of you. And this is great because the production does a little like serve here. And they're like, Meredith, I'm not mad counter. And one comes on screen. So they're counting it with a little counter. But it was a little disappointing, especially because we had a conversation and you literally pulled Lisa aside a minute later and we're all going to sit down to dinner together and we could have talked about it together. And we get a flashback to the Greek goddess dinner when Lisa confronted everyone about talking about her SEC filing. And Meredith goes, I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. The counter goes up to two. Angie K goes, in hindsight, I wish I would have said, hey, guys, I don't want to be involved in this. I should have just said something. <laughs> My $1,500 shoes are in the ocean. <laughs> and Meredith goes, I'm not mad. The counter goes up to three. Like, I'm moving on, but it's noted. And Angie goes, well, I understand why you feel this way. If anything, I feel like it should speak volumes of me not wanting to be in the middle of that kind of conversation. And Meredith goes, show noted, none of us should ever speak negatively about anyone else around you. I get it. In any case, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, noted. We do not have a show any longer, okay? We do not speak negatively about anyone ever. <laughs> okay, Meredith, that sounds like a good idea. Meredith's like, that's okay. I'm not mad. The counter goes up to four. These are irritations. So I'm just going to voice them and we can move on. I mean, and honestly, that to me is not even like speaking negatively. That to me is discussing a public document that is an SEC filing. So it's not like I'm gossiping about some unknown secret. I mean, literally, these are just legal papers. And you know, it's like, Dana, you were on that trip because I got you there. And so it's kind of like, wow, you know, just a little, uh, I feel a little slapped in the face, but I'm moving on. I'm not mad. The counter goes up to five. Angie K in a confessional goes, you actually still seem kind of mad, Meredith. Angie K in the scene goes, well, you probably have a million people that want your time. And Meredith goes, yes, 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 I do. And nobody's, nobody's walking up to her. Dana goes, you want to go get a drink? And Angie K goes, yeah. Dana goes, good luck with everything. And Meredith goes, thank you. Not mad. Not mad, by the way. I'm not mad. The ladies split up after this. We see Angie Harrington arrive and then see other guests mingling. We see Seth talk talking to two guys who compliment his hair. That's great looking hair. Thank you. I, uh, I brushed this hair myself. Uh, I tell you about my job where I, I, uh, I'm the boss of 4,000 employees. I also like Whitney's big tatas. I love breasts. I'm kind of a weird freak, but thank you for the compliment about my hair. He's loving it by the way. Jen and Coach Shaw arrive. They're greeted by Chloe and Brooks. And then Meredith walks up and Chloe's like, Jen, you're channeling my mom with the feathers. And Jen goes, I know. And Chloe goes, I love it. And Jen goes, one of us has to have feathers on. Come on. And Chloe's like, exactly. And Brooks is like, I love it. Meredith's like, I love. You look at you, gorgeous. And Jen, Jen's like, so beautiful. And Meredith's like, oh my God, you look stunning. And we flash outside. We see Lisa arriving. Lisa in a conventional is like, let's just be honest. Meredith doesn't like me. And I'm like, no shit. Lisa walking to see Dana and Angie K goes, hi, pretty... <laughs> 
Hi, pretty girls. Lisa in a confession was like, but I definitely wanted to show support for Meredith, her sister, her nephew, and let them know that this is important because it's about mental health awareness. And that starts with kindness. Meredith the confessional goes, I'm not surprised that Lisa came tonight. You know, she's very concerned with appearances. I don't think that it would be a good look for her to miss a charity event. Meredith goes, hi, Lisa. How are you? Good to see you. Thank you for coming. Of course. I appreciate your support. Meredith in a confessional goes, you know, it gives her an opportunity to pose for social media. And Meredith does a kissy face. And we get a photo of Lisa's IG coming on screen with the same kissy face. And pose is a very unique word because pose is part of the thing that Lisa's like, and her family that poses, her fucking stupid family that poses. So uh, we get a flash over to... Co- sorry, Alex, Meredith's nephew, goes, thank you for coming. It means a lot. And Lisa's like, oh, of course, it's my pleasure. We flash over to Jen and Coach Shaw talking and Jen's like, I saw Angie and Sean are here. And Coach Shaw's like, right. Did you bring the check with you? And Coach Shaw's like, yeah, I do have it. Yes. Well, I just want to get it over with. Jen in the confessional goes, I asked Angie K for an invoice because I want to pay it ASAP. And we see the invoice come up on screen. This is great. Laura uh, wrote it all out. Orchid Dynasty, $1,281 $1,281 bartender, $3,600 cake, $568 diamond rental, $2,662 millennium dance, $600 piano, $754 common sense card dealers, $981 catering, $2,400 cleaning, $400 additional assistance, $400 total $13,647.96. Jen in the confessional is like, I'm just hoping I don't get another invoice six weeks from now. We walked under grass and like, now I got to pay the gardener. Jen, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. Shut, the, shut, shut up. You shouldn't even be like, no, you shouldn't have done this in the first place. Ridiculous. $13,000 of fucking victims monies going to like miss $1,500 shoes. Um, Jen in the confessional. Sorry, no. Coach Shaw goes, the most important thing is if you say we owe you. We're paying you. And Jen's like, here you go. And Coach Shaw's like, that's it. That's all that matters. And Jen goes, and now we know. So and Coach is like, yeah. And Jen's like, got it. Jen's all of a sudden on my, let's let's be a team. Back over to the other ladies. Lisa's like, so what's going on? I miss Whitney's party. I was so sick. And Angie K goes, Lisa, I should probably tell you to sit down because I have something to share with you. Lisa goes, okay, okay. And Angie Kay's like, I'm in complete shock, but Angie showed up and Angie shared that Jen had reached out to her on FaceTime. And Lisa goes, what? And Angie goes, goes, yeah. And Jenna goes, and tried to mend things with her? We get a flashback to Whitney's party two days before. And Angie H goes, she called me earlier today. And Whitney's like, who? Who did? Jen. Dana's like, what? Angie H goes, and wants to make peace. And she wants me... Chris and Coach Shaw to all go like talk it out. And Angie K is like, well, great for her and Angie to make peace. I have no problem, but if I'm going to stand up for somebody and then you go back to that, Lisa's like, they are the most inconsistent people I have met in my entire life. And Angie K goes, I don't even know what to believe right now. And Lisa goes, I don't either. And Angie's like, this is the woman who actually had pushed her to the brink of wanting to take her life. I lost sleep over that. And now she's FaceTiming her. And Dana's like, and message with her. And Lisa's like, well, and what she did to me too now, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> Lisa trying to, me too, you guys. She did it to me too. Angie King goes, well, both of you, both of you. But you know, to want to take your own life because somebody opened an account that just basically caught you when you were at rock bottom, like cut you when you were at rock bottom and now she's FaceTiming her? It is interesting. Jen says she took her own life because of this Instagram account and now she's like calling her? It is suspect. Dana goes, okay, I'm sorry to say this, but I call her bullshit from day one. She is not a good friend. She is not a good person. Angie K goes, she's losing all credibility with me now. I'm like, Angie, now? Did you watch the first two seasons? Dana's like, I'm sorry. She's not a good person. She's not a good friend. Like, I like these. These are the newbies finally, like, coming to, like, and this is what we need if this show is to continue. We need people to denounce Jen to continue on. Because if you are letting Jen still ride this show in prison, you are making a huge mistake. Lisa in the confessional is like, you know, Jen is not consistent. And then when you start to look at the big picture, it's like, I'm believing you saying you're innocent, even though you constantly lie to me in a friendship. So why would I believe that you're not doing that in other aspects of your life, like in your work life. NGK goes, I didn't, I did receive a text from her about the party that she copied our husbands on. She was very kind. She was very calm. A screenshot of the text come on screen. And Dana's like, why is it because she's different around her husband? And NGK goes, there's two different people. And that's what Lisa and I both said. She's lovable. And Dana goes, that's a little scary that she has two personalities. It's scary. It needs to be consistent. See, because if it's not, it's dangerous. Commercial break. We come back. The fashion show begins. The ladies take their seats. Angie K, Dana, Lisa, and Angie H are all on one side facing Meredith and Jen sitting on the other. It's very awkward. Angie K gets up to say hello to Jen and Coach Shaw. And Jen's like, we have something for you guys. Meredith gives a speech before the fashion show begins, thanking everyone for coming, for their support, for their foundation. I am beyond elated to see Alex in this environment, thriving, doing well. It was just such a short time ago that Seth and I went to California to help him pick up the pieces when it was really bad and to see him just do the 360. 360 is going back to the same spot, by the way. You want to say 180. Just do this 180 and be here as a role model for the other people who are struggling this way. It's just, it's incredible. The fashion show begins. The Jen is cheering and loving Brooks' outfits he designed. I do want to remind you that Jen did make fun of Brooks' outfits in the past. Jen goes, I need that one. I need that one. Does it come in stripes? <laughs> Brooks is like, I got you. And Meredith and Confessional is like, I'm so glad that Jen loves the collection and wants it. At least this time, we can give her more than just one tracksuit. We get a flashback to season one when Brooks' fashion show only had one tracksuit. Meredith, don't. This is why I like. Who cares if Jen likes the collection? Jen's a dork. Who cares? You don't want that's like the Jen Shaw stamp of approval. Like, what is the is the collection stolen? Jen's like the sweatsuit with the bling up here, and Brooks is like, yeah. Jen goes, I should be wearing that. I can Apple Pay. Jen, Angie K, and Dana go get a drink at the bar. Angie H says, you should be a very proud mama to Meredith. His stuff was, and Meredith goes, it was very good. I have to admit it. And Jen goes, hey, do you have a minute real quick so I can grab that? And Coach Shaw's like, yeah. Jen goes, okay, they're right there. Angie H and her husband. Jen and Coach walk, uh, sorry, walk up to Angie and her husband, Sean, and Lisa all talking. And Jen is like, Hello, guys. And Lisa's like, hi, do you love me today? And Jen goes, of course I love you all the time. And Lisa goes, okay, just checking. And Jen goes, I need to talk to you. And Lisa goes, okay. And Coach Shaw says, I know that these things, I know that he's about to get going. So listen, I, I want to make sure that I took care of you guys. It bothered my heart. You know, I had no idea that the situation had unfolded, unfolded the way it did. And Angie goes, right. Coach Shaw's like, so I want to make certain that nothing is outstanding. So let me give this to you. And Sean's like, okay, yeah. And Coach Shaw's like, put it in your hands. And Angie's like, guys, it's less about paper than 
you know, I have a lot of respect for both of you. I love both of you guys and I love your family. And Coach Shaw's like, I appreciate it. And Angie's like, and I was hurt by some things. And Coach Shaw goes, well, we were too, badly, badly. And it hurt me that I felt like we um, had a debt. And I didn't understand that to be the case, but I wanted to make sure we did it right. I wanted to make it right. That's all. And Sean goes, I appreciate that. And Coach Shaw was like, of course. And Jen in the confessional is like, I want to pay this debt because it, I want to pay this debt. I want to pay this debt because it's never been about money. It never was about money. I mean, hell, I got off cheap, okay? And an image of the check comes on screen. I hope Coach Shaw doesn't find out I threw a party for 80 grand for Meredith and 13 grand for him. Jen, what a way to make yourself even look dumber to all of us. Because it's like, once again, it's not your fucking money. Of course you're throwing $80,000 parties. Money didn't mean anything to you. You took it from people. Had no relevance to you. It was just something that you got in large amounts and then you spent in large amounts. Angie K in a confessional was like, all I know is that I'm going to run to the bank after this event and cash that check before the government freezes her account. Boom. I hope she did. I doubt she did. It's probably just a burn afterwards. She probably didn't cash it, but I hope she did. And this is dead on right because the government would freeze that account. Coach Shaw's like, we can at least try to build a new foundation, right? <laughs> new scene. We see Heather arriving at Whitney's house. And this is the, the final scene. And she rings the doorbell. Whitney opens the door. And Heather's like, hello. I thought it was weird to even ring the doorbell. I'm like, I don't feel comfortable just walking in. I guess I'll do the whole. Um, and she sees Whitney's doormat that says, I hope you brought wine. Hope you brought wine. Huh, I didn't. I brought peeps. And she holds up a, pa a pack of peeps marshmallows. And Whitney's like, you look really nice. And Heather's like, this is for Bobby. And she gives Whitney a gift bag. And Whitney's like, yeah, it's Bobby's birthday today. And Heather's like, I know, birthday girl. When he goes, do you want to see her? And Heather's like, yeah, I'd love to see her. And Whitney calls Bobby into the room. Bobby turned 12 and Bobby's so cute. Whitney and Heather talk about how grown up she is and how she's wearing makeup now. It's really sweet. And then Bobby leaves and it's awkward. I wish Bobby would have been like, how'd you get that uh, black guy, Aunt Heather? Um, it's awkward between Heather and Whitney, though, after she leaves, you can tell. Whitney in a conventional is like, Heather and I were really close. We talked every day. We are so involved in each other's lives at an intimate level. And we see a flashback of the two of them just two months ago being close and he goes it sucks not knowing what's going on in your friend's life like a couple of months ago i would have known what happened to heather's eye i believe that and it just makes me feel sad that she doesn't feel like she can tell me remember the first episode of the season where heather came over and whitney signed the termination of being a mormon that the thing remember and heather witnessed her do that by the way, nothing ever came of that storyline. I thought that was actually going to be a storyline. But it's like, that's where they were at the beginning of the season. This has really come about really quick. Heather goes, where do you want to hang out? Right here. And when he goes, I'd love to go to the fire pit. Her fire pit is in her front yard, by the way. And I always think that's fun. <laughs> it's like, I'm not used to seeing people hang out in their front yard, just lounging. I mean, like, I know on, like, stoops and stuff like that. But, like, they're just out. You know, there's a fire pit in the front yard. I just didn't. I It was the backyard always. So... Heather's like, let's go to the fire pit. And Whitney goes, I'll grab some blankets. They head outside. They make small talk about the weather, sit down. And Whitney's like, well, thank you for coming over. And Heather's like, I was glad you asked me. And Whitney goes, I've been like really worried about you, especially since the trip. And Heather goes, I had no idea you cared. And Whitney's like, well, no, I'm just because I might be upset with you or we're in a weird space. Like I never stopped caring about you, Heather. And Heather's like, well, that's what was so confusing is I never felt like you stopped caring about me. And so to find out that like we were on a friendship break, those were Whitney's words. You'd never told me about it. It was like a stab in my heart, you know? 
And we get a flashback to Heather finding out about the friendship break in San Diego. And when he's like, the friendship break isn't supposed to be a dig. It's me being able to process, like, there's just weirdness between Heather. And I feel like I'm chasing her down. And Heather's like, you haven't been chasing me down. You don't even know anything that's going on in my life. You don't even know how I got my black eyes. So, like, now Heather's bringing up the black eye. And when he's like, well, I want to know this. Do you really not remember? Because you've said, I don't remember. You don't want to talk about it? You've said you've been assaulted. You've said if someone knocks on your door at 4 a.m., don't answer it. Heather's laughing. Ha, ha, ha. Why are you laughing? And Heather goes, because it's all, it's all just funny to me and true and part of the mystery of the eye. Like, what the fuck are you smoking? The mystery of the eye. The romantics. The romanticism of my eye. Oh, oh, we'll someday laugh about the eye. Whitney in a confessional is like, it's been insane watching Heather create a world of confusion. That's it exactly, man. Whitney is dead on. Heather is getting off on creating this world of confusion. We get a flashback to all the different things Heather said in San Diego about her eye. And it is a boatload of shit. Whitney's like, did someone do that to you? And Heather's like, I don't think there's, that's even the conversation we should be having right now because it's unimportant. And Whitney's like, I'm concerned. I know the amount of pressure that you have on you. You're writing a book. You're a single mom. You have a business. You have a lot on your plate. And others like, I'm good. And when he's like, you're also healing from like leaving the church and that in and itself. I know what that drama's like. I don't know if it's just like you don't remember because you were drinking. You and Jen were having the best time ever. Extremely intoxicated with your tops off, running around and putting your boobs on people. <laughs> putting your And Heather's like, Jen's boob did it. It's a force of nature. Did Heather's humor just become bad overnight? Like, the less real Heather gets, her humor gets even worse. Heather is, I used to find Heather hysterical. Heather is being so weird the entire time Whitney is talking, smiling, laughing, looking away. Bad actress, bad actress. Whitney is like, why won't you tell me, Heather? Did you black out or do you know what happened? Heather's like, I remember how I got it. You do? Yeah. And other people know how I got it, too. So how, why, why do those people know? And I don't cause I was on a friendship break. Oh, Heather, Lip, Heather, you dork. Cause I was on a friendship. Oh, the world's tiniest violin. When he's like, you didn't tell me cause you're on a friendship break. Yeah. And I don't actually know if I would tell you cause the trust has been broken. And when he's like, I'm sorry that you feel like you can't trust me with it, but I want you to know that you can. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm not going to turn it against you. I am a safe place for you. And it's really shitty that you feel like I'm not, but I am. And Heather's like, I think that this whole friendship break has been really horrible, shitty experience for me. And I don't think you really care because it feels like you think you can just break it. And then when you're ready, pick it up and I'm going to be funny and I'm going to take up. No, we don't think you're going to be funny anymore. And I'm going to take up for you and I'm going to defend you and I'm going to fight our battles like a team. But that's not how it works. When you break something, it's broken and it's never as strong as it was. Heather in a confessional goes, I think Whitney was looking for drama where there wasn't any. And she wanted to curry favor with other friends in the group. And so she put me on the altar and sacrificed me. But also this phrase, I think Whitney was looking for drama where there wasn't any. Kind of like your eye, in a sense, Heather. Would you say that would be an example of that as well? And she goes, and sacrificed our friendship. And she put me on a friendship break. And she, what is this, Ross and Rachel from Friends? We were on a break. And she just figured that I'd take it, that I would take and that I would forgive her and that I would come back begging for more. And that was a big risk for her to take to assume that I would just suck it up. Heather in the scene goes, I feel very sad that bad weather has been like a dark rain cloud over your head. Be free, young Whitney. I will not hold you back any longer. Ugh, drama. Whitney's like, what? That's not, that's not good, though. 
And Heather's like, and live your best life. I want bad weather back. I think that we're stronger together. And Heather's like, I think that's taking me for granted to assume that it would come back like it was. So let's just love each other and give each other space. Wah, wah, wah. Next time on the season finale of Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, which is tonight, folks, and we have the season finale. All of a sudden, it's the season finale, and Jen Shaw changes her plea. Now, remember, they had stopped filming, and then, um, so I don't know what we're going to see. It feels like a lot of scenes that have been filmed after they had wrapped seasons. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be really frustrating. I have a feeling you're going to be angry or I'm going to be angry. Um, and, uh, you're probably not going to get much resolution, but let's see. Let's hope, right? Let's hope. Um, we'll see how it works out, but I don't, I'm not holding out a lot of hope. So, but I'm holding out hope for you guys. I'm holding out hope for us. I love you guys. Don't, I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at the show. Anywho, uh, thank you guys. If you like this show and all the hard work that goes into it, Please leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. This is just, will take a second of your time. Um, and uh, I, I know that's a lot to ask, even in, even though it is quick. But just, it's thank you. If you will do that for me, I would really appreciate it. Uh, thank you to all my Patreon members. Thank you to Meditza and Sandra. And uh, I love you, Mom. Okay, I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. We have a great guest on Thursday, Kirby Johnson, who is just uh, one of my heroes. I love her. She will be on the pod on Thursday. We already did the conversation. It's awesome. Okay, bye. Betches.